<laughs> oh, hey, I didn't see you there. You caught me contemplating the Lion King. The Lion King? Yeah, that's right. You know why? Because today we're talking about the circle of life of Carolina basketball. We're going to start with a recruit that Carolina family is absolutely salivating over. Then we're going to talk about a current Carolina player who we're going to find out some information about very soon. And then we're going to look at a bunch of Tar Heel alums who are in the NBA. From recruitment to NBA, it's the Carolina basketball circle of life, all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, April 22nd, 2022. Welcome in to the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's All Tar Heels site, and it is great to be together. We're coming to the end of the week. Hard to believe that that is a reality. I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. Please, if you would, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's free and available. No reason not to do it. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for being here. Thanks for making it your first watch today. Go ahead, subscribe, smash that like button, hit the bell so you get notifications every time a new episode drops. Very seriously, thank you. And uh, I, man, you know what? I got a nice dress shirt on today. We just had some family pictures, the Shady family. It was wonderful. Uh, down by some waterfall. I think it's going to be spectacular and uh, maybe I'll show them to you one day. No, I probably won't. You know why? Because it's family pictures and you don't even care about that. Hey, before we get into talking Carolina-specific stuff, I do want to acknowledge Jay Wright's retirement. That's Villanova's head coach. And I know this is a Carolina podcast. I know we are all still hurt and reeling over 2016. But goodness gracious, this guy did it the right way, runs a clean program, does, does things well and right, and has been a great ambassador for the sport of college basketball. And at the end of the day, that is this game that we all love and want to see played well and correctly. And you know what? On this podcast, we shout out people who don't need a retirement tour to be ruined in order to get their, uh, to get their retirement on. So you know what, Jay Wright? Thank you for doing it the right way. Uh, enjoy your retirement. May it be good to you. In fact, Coach Davis had a, a, a quote for Coach Wright, and he said this. Everyone knows Coach Wright is an elite coach, but in my first year as head coach, he went out of his way to share wisdom I will never forget. College basketball will miss him, and so will I. And, and I love that. That's a great sentiment from Coach Davis to somebody who took care of him this past year in his first year. So uh, just respecting someone who has done the game well. Uh, honestly, Villanova, that's the first time I remember ever seeing a team play four round one as the Tar Heels played them in 2005 in the NCAA tournament. Thought, what on earth is this guy doing? And now, it's how everybody does it. So, Jay Wright, pioneer and great basketball coach, thank you for your contributions to this great game. Rest well, brother. Okay, as I promised, right now we are going to start talking about a recruit that 
<laughs> as I said, the Carolina family is absolutely salivating over. And that is none other than Gregory G.G. Jackson. G.G. is what he goes by. And so uh, getting into it, let's make sure we're all on the same page, know who G.G. is and what he's about. G.G. is class of 2023. He is 6'8", 6'9", depending on what recruiting service you look at, uh, somewhere around 210 and is a power forward. Hmm, power forward, you say. Interesting. Hails from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, has various national rankings depending on what site you look at, but is consensus top 10 in all of them. Um, eighth at 247, sixth at ESPN. First overall at Rivals. So that's really interesting. Um, seems like he is indeed this very coveted prospect all across the board. Well, in terms of his recruitment, because that's what we're here to talk about, is he coming to Carolina? Will he be a Tar Heel? That's what we all want to know. Obviously, tons of schools around the country want him, but given his proximity in South Carolina, it's essentially come down to South Carolina, Gamecocks, and Duke, and Carolina. Now, South Carolina, who, you know what? Thank you for knocking off Duke in the 2017 NCAA tournament. We'll never forget that. Just love teams that knock off Duke. They're wonderful. Anyway, South Carolina fired Frank Martin, who had been the lead recruiter for Gigi Jackson. And so South Carolina's done. He's not going there. However, Frank Martin then went on to UMass, and they offered him a scholarship. That's not going to be a thing, though. Don't worry. It essentially seems like it's down to Carolina and Duke. And from all reports, it seems like Carolina's the front runner. Uh, Duke, his interest in Duke has, has cooled, or maybe as other recruits have committed to Duke, maybe his interest has just waned there, and uh, he wants to come to Carolina. Also, hello, power forward for, you see what Brady Manick did this year? Why would you not want to come be a Tar Heel and just fire it up? Now, for uh, Duke, John Shire was the lead recruiter for Carolina. It's Jeff Lebo, new assistant coach, and uh, great to see what he's doing there, just for your knowledge. Now, everything on social media, everybody that's, that knows things, whether they actually do or they just want to pretend like they do so they have a name, um, is hinting at his recruiting coming to an end, and that uh, the, the verbiage I've seen used um, from one gentleman is that Carolina is the leader in the clubhouse and that everything winds up with Jackson in Chapel Hill. Every crystal ball I've seen on 247 is pointing to Carolina. Everybody says he's coming. So what's the deal? Where is he? Why isn't he committed? That's what I've been asked a ton lately. Um, here is my hypothesis on that as to why he hasn't committed yet. As of right now, Carolina has all 13 of their scholarships accounted for in the 2022-23 season. Now, you might say to yourself, well, that doesn't matter because Gigi Jackson's class of 2023. Yes, but there is, uh, there are rumors, there is scuttlebutt, let's use that fun word, that Jackson wants to reclassify and be part of the class of 22. And if he wants to come to Carolina, I totally get that. Why wouldn't you want to come be part of a team coming off a near national championship that is potentially bringing back just about everybody that mattered or contributed other than the spot you play. <laughs> Duh, right? Why wouldn't I want to come in 
maybe be able to slide right into the starting lineup. Obviously, he'd have to compete with Puff Johnson or Dontrez, uh, whatever there, to, to find his way. But it just makes sense, especially if we do get good news soon about Caleb Love. Then the other four starters are intact, and then he's probably thinking, hey, I could slide right in and be the missing ingredient to another national championship run. Makes sense to me. So my hypothesis is this. Gigi Jackson is waiting to announce his commitment until we learn about what Caleb Love is going to do and or if there are going to be any other transfers coming from Carolina. Why? Because he can't come be part of the 2022 team unless Caleb Love or somebody else leaves for the NBA or somebody else transfers and opens up a scholarship that way. Now, obviously, he could come and pay for it himself, but you don't expect that somebody will do that. It, it is definitely the exception, not the rule. My thought is that he's going to come be a Tar Heel regardless. It's just a matter of whether he stays in 2023 or reclassifies to 2022. <clears throat> this is somebody that probably, depending on how he actually performs, will only be in college for one season. Um, obviously, that's not a guarantee. It's not an absolute, but if he's only going to want to come be in school for one year, wouldn't you want to come be part of the class of 2022 and play alongside this starting lineup? Absolutely, you want to do that. So that's why I think Gigi Jackson has not yet committed, just waiting to see what happens and if any scholarships are available. Ultimately, I think he's going to be a Tar Heel no matter what. It's just a matter of whether he's on the team this upcoming season or in 2023-24. So, if he does come, could slide right into that four position, be a stretch four. Does he have the experience of Brady Manick? No. Uh, is Carolina seemingly going to find that somewhere? Sounds like it's going to be tough. Maybe it's out there in the transfer portal, but I mean, it's like striking gold to get what you had from Brady Manick again next season and season after season after season. However, what Gigi Jackson does bring to the table that Manic didn't is just elite athleticism. Um, he, for all accounts and purposes, from things I've read, is a, an above average defender for a high school senior, right? Uh, obviously, that's different as a college freshman playing against the best talent in the country. But, I mean, that's good. It's not like all due respect to Brady Bird, like it's not like he was an elite defender himself. So uh, there is the possibility that if Gigi Jackson is able to come next year, he could slide right in. It remains to be seen, though. Again, I believe Gigi Jackson will be a Tar Heel. We just have to wait to hear the news. Now, Gigi Jackson, recruit, moving in to being a Tar Heel, and that's where we want to go next, is a current Tar Heel working on making a decision about his NBA future or returning to Carolina, a decision that has to come at least in part sooner rather than later. We're going to talk about it in just a moment, but first let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are great candy bar replacement options covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie, brownie batter puffs, and I was just scrolling through their site earlier and saw that they now have churro flavor. Come on with that. I need it in my life. These flavors are all delicious. Built Bar's coming out with new stuff all the time, and that's their goal. Their aim is to make things delicious and then go back and figure out how to make it healthy. Not sure how they pull it off, but they do it every single time. So go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You're going to love what you see. High protein, low calorie. 
high fiber, low carb. That's exactly what you're looking for. Here's some more specific numbers. Just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, but yet 17 grams of protein. That's awesome. And compared to a normal candy bar, you're looking at 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. You know which one to choose. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Don't forget, a week from this time, it is going to be smack dab in the middle of the NFL draft. Friday is the midpoint. It's day two, um, where we have rounds two and three coming at us. And Locked On has you covered. So make sure to tune in starting on Thursday of next week, April 28th, to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the draft. All three days, real-time analysis and from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team's going to take ahead of time, make sure to catch Odyssey and Locked On NFL's mock draft special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Again, all week leading up to that first pick on Thursday. Well, I said uh, we got to talk about Caleb Love's decision. What's he going to do? And the reason we need to talk about that right now, just one more little check-in on it, is because this is the last show before the NBA's early entry deadline expires. And that's Sunday, this coming Sunday, April 24th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. So essentially midnight Sunday heading into Monday. And so, because of that, that means we're going to find out at least something about Caleb Love's intentions between now, whenever you're listening or watching this, and when Sunday night expires, when we get to the end of that day. And so, I want to make sure to get you primed for what the possibilities are that we might learn from Caleb Love. If you listened to the show earlier in the week, I unpacked all the various NBA dates and deadlines that are upcoming over the next couple months. If you're interested in that, make sure to go back and check it out. But basically, this is the one deadline you need to know right now. Again, Sunday, April 24th, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time is the deadline for underclassmen to enroll in the NBA draft or uh, not necessarily, yeah, enroll, we'll just go with that. So that means we've got to learn something about Caleb Love. And so here's what I want to do is give you three likely outcomes that you can be on the lookout for that Caleb Love might do. Number one, the thing that everybody wants. The deadline comes and goes, and Love has not entered the draft. And that means he's back. There, there is no extension. Uh, you can't turn in your taxes late. It's that kind of deal. If he wants to enter into the draft, it has to be by that Sunday 11.59 marker. And so if Sunday comes and goes and there's no word, uh, then he's coming back. Now, let me say this. it It's always possible that Sunday comes and goes and there's no word, but Caleb Love has actually... Uh, submitted his paperwork, and he is going to the draft, but nobody said anything. That is a possibility. That's happened with other players before. So just keep that in mind. Just because you don't hear anything doesn't mean he hasn't entered the draft. Second option, Love could declare for the draft and either doesn't hire an agent or does the new thing that is allowed now. Keep in mind, you can now hire an approved agent 
which would allow you to enter the draft but still maintain your eligibility. So just make sure you're aware that's a thing. That older language of hired an agent versus didn't hire an agent is not the, the marker, the demarcation line anymore. There are certain approved NBA agents that you can sign with which would allow a player to still maintain their collegiate eligibility. So just keep that in mind. So if you hear Caleb Love declares for the draft and signs with an agent, that doesn't necessarily mean he can't come back. Just want to make sure we're all on the same page with that. Now, the third option, the third most likely outcome is that Caleb Love declares for the draft, hires an agent, and says, I'm all in the draft. I'm not coming back to Chapel Hill. Just keep in mind that that is um, certainly a possibility. It seems the unlikeliest of the three, given Caleb Love's status in the NBA draft. When, when you look around at mock drafts, which I've done a lot of, um, Caleb Love is either fringe first round, in the second round, or a, a lot of mock drafts don't have the full draft. It's just the first round. And there's a lot of those where he just doesn't even show up. Now, that's not an indictment on Caleb Love. That's nothing against him. It's just where things are at in this year's draft. And so um, keep that in mind that, that I think the unlikeliest of those three scenarios is that he would go to the draft and stay in it. You want my opinion? That's why you're here, so I'm going to give it to you. Caleb Love has waited this long and is not yet declared for the draft. My thought is that at this point, he's not even going to test the draft waters. I think he's ultimately going to go ahead and say, just like Baycott, just like Black, hey, I'm back, let's run it back, let's do it. I think that's where he's going to land with this. Obviously, I could be wrong. As you heard um, last week, Candace Rep Candace Cooper reported right here on Locked on Tar Heels that 90 to 95% chance that all four of the starters with eligibility remaining are coming back. We already know that Baycott and Leaky Black are coming back. We're assuming that RJ Davis is coming back. I'll say more about that in just a second. But the, the one outlier we're really still waiting on is Caleb Love. Now, if, if you hear him announce that he's going to test the draft waters and ultimately comes back, Candace wasn't saying that that wasn't going to happen. She just was saying ultimately he's coming back and that's going to happen at some point. So just keep all of that in mind. Now, roster things are going, all, all the roster movement is going to depend upon Caleb Love or a potential transfer. But if Caleb Love stays, remember, there are 13 scholarships accounted for, as we said just a moment ago. If he leaves and stays in the draft, the Tar Heels are down to 12. And you have to know that Coach Hubert Davis and staff are not going to be surprised or caught off guard by that. They have contingency plans out the yin-yang. Also, keep in mind, they've been having conversations with Caleb this whole time. They know what his intentions are. They're not going to be caught off guard or surprised. And that is good news. Um, because it means if he does leave or if somebody else transfers, they're going to be ready. Maybe it's Gigi Jackson coming on in. Maybe it's getting somebody out of the transfer portal. If it is Caleb Love leading, maybe you want to go get a, a guard out of the portal. So all of that is on the table. By the way, let's just, we've been talking specifically about Caleb Love. Let's say a word about R.J. Davis or other players on the team. The assumption is that R.J. Davis is going to come back, and we might not even hear a declaration from him. I think we're so conditioned right now that every player makes an announcement one way or the other. Um, that's not always necessarily true, so don't be surprised if we just don't hear anything from R.J. 
but that he is coming back. That That is a very real thing. But Sunday's deadline, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, is going to let us know for sure about everyone, at least their intentions to declare for the draft or not. We obviously won't know yet about if they're going to pull out of the draft. Uh, that's for a later date, and we'll talk more about that on other shows. But for Sunday, we will at the very least learn, are these guys coming straight back? Or will anyone else test the NBA draft waters? My thought, my prevailing thought still, just want to hit it one more time. Caleb Love's going to come back without even testing the NBA waters. Well, what about the NBA Tar Heels? There's a bunch of them still playing, and we want to look at how they're doing in the playoffs, where things are at, make sure we're all up to date with where that is. And we'll talk about it in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. BetOnline is your number one source for all your, your betting stats and sports info. Find out all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the basketball playoffs that we're about to talk about and the MLB season that just recently got underway. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, so what about the NBA Tar Heels who have made the playoffs? Well, there were eight that made the playoffs in some form or fashion. As you might recall, the NBA playoffs have a little bit of a different format going back to last year, and they adopted that again for this year. And what, what that is, is there used to be um, eight teams from each league that made the playoffs, but now um, you've got some beyond that that also make this little play-in series, things like that. And so um, one of the eight Tar Heels that made the playoffs, Ed Davis, who's on the Cavaliers, uh, w was in that playoff round and unfortunately lost, and so they're out. I say unfortunately, they lost to the Hawks, which is my home team. I grew up in Atlanta, grew up rooting for the Hawks, and so I wish Ed Davis was still in the playoffs, but I love that he's not because that means the Hawks are in, although they're going to lose. So, oh well. It is what it is. But there are seven Tar Heels who remain in the NBA playoffs and are still going. So let me run through each of them individually. And then we will talk about their teams and how they're doing so far. I'm going to give them to you, these seven, in alphabetical order. So first off, Tony Bradley playing for the Bulls. Reggie Bullock for the Mavs. Danny Green on the 76ers. Cam Johnson on the Suns, Theo Pinson on the Mavs, Daron Sharp on the Nets, and finally Kobe White is also on the Bulls. And so there is uh, your seven NBA Tar Heels still going. Tony Bradley, Reggie Bullock, Danny Green, Cam Johnson, Theo Pinson, Daron Sharp, and Kobe White. So um, that's great and that's awesome. So what I want to do is just run through, uh, obviously you might have noticed that uh, I doubled up on, um, or two of those, there are two teams that each have two Tar Heels on it. That's what I'm trying to say. And so there are just five teams that we need to look at how they're doing. So we're going to start in the West, and then we're going to go to the East. Two of the teams are in the West, three in the East, and uh, that's where we're going. So in the West, the number one overall seed, Phoenix Suns, Cam Johnson's part of that crew um, and, and doing a great job. They have played twice, have split with the Pelicans, one game apiece. Uh, you, you might have seen, there's a lot of injuries going on in these playoffs, but one of those was to Devin Booker, who is the Suns, one of their most dynamic 
scores and so just causing some issues in their rotation and trying to figure out what they need to do um, that obviously also uh, leads to some more PT for Camp Johnson they don't play the same position but it's more minutes to go all around so series tied 1-1 game three is upcoming tonight uh, if you're watching this on Friday 9 30 Eastern time on ESPN and then game four will be on Sunday also 9 30 but that one is on TNT. So we're going to get games three and four of this series uh, before we're back together next week on Monday. Now, Cam's been playing well, double-digit scoring in both games, and so just uh, love to see him representing the Tar Heels. And uh, for much of the season, the, the Suns have been the dominant team in the NBA. They have the best record in the NBA and made it, you might remember, all the way to the finals last year. And so would love to see Cam Johnson and his team just take that final step and cut down the NBA Nets winning that championship. All right, the other um, team in the in the Western Conference that has Tar Heels on it is the Mavs. They're the four seed in the West. And actually, just uh, before I recorded this podcast, polished off game three, beating the Jazz in Utah um, to go up now two games to one. And so that's great for the Mavs. Not only that, but they did so without Luka Doncic. And so that's really impressive. Really curious to see if Doncic will be back for game four or not. He's dealing with a left hamstring injury. So game four in this series is coming up on Saturday, 4.30 Eastern time on TNT. Reggie Bullock is having a great series um, in games one and two. He played the most minutes on the team for the Mavs, was just shy of that in game three. He scored double digits in all three games, made some clutch free throws in game three to help solidify the victory there in Utah. And so Reggie Bullock, keep it going. Theo Pinson hasn't had any time in this series but uh, you know he's doing his thing, cheering on, and all of that. All right, let's switch now to the Eastern Conference, where we have um, three teams that have Tar Heels on them. Starting the highest rated of those seeds is the 76ers, the four seed in the East, who's playing the Raptors. Again, that's Danny Green's team. Man, listen, the 76ers are up 3-0 on the Raptors, and so that's great. Game four is coming up on Saturday, 2 o'clock Eastern on TNT. They could sweep, they could close it out, get some rest for a veteran like Danny Green uh, who needs to, to be getting off his feet as often as possible. He has been, speaking of Green, solid, unspectacular in this series, but... Man, that's just what he does. You know, very similar to uh, we've talked some about how he and Leaky Black just do a lot of that same stat stuffing. Obviously, Danny Green's a better shooter than Leaky Black, but just brings so so much varied talent and capability to the table, even as he is a, a grizzled veteran, we'll call him. And so 76ers can keep that going on Saturday and uh, have a little bit of rest before round two um, comes up. All right, the next team with represented by Tar Heels is the sixth seed in the East, and that is the Bulls, who are currently playing um, playing the Bucks there. And so game three is coming up on Friday, uh, Friday evening, 8.30 Eastern time on ABC. Make sure to check that out. Cheer on Kobe White and cheer on Tony Bradley. Game four then would be Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern, also on ABC. Tony Bradley has had two DNPs, did not play coaches' decisions in the first two games of the series. Um, Kobe had a really nice game one, had 20-something minutes, double-digit points, and then played less in game two, and so would love to see him get some more run 
in game three coming up on Friday. He's hanging on to the ball well. No turnovers in game one, just two in game two. And so that's what you need from a guard coming in off the bench there and what you really want for him. And then finally, uh, the Nets, the seventh seed in the East. They're playing the Celtics, unfortunately down two games to none. Game three is coming up on Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Uh, Dayron has just played 23 seconds mop-up duty in the series and then had a DNP coach's decision in the other game. So hopefully he'll have an opportunity at some point to get in and have more of a role for the Nets. I would imagine, though, that's probably going to be in the in the upcoming years where he's really going to find his niche and, and really start to, to be a consistent um, contributor for that squad. So um, that is it for the NBA Tar Heels and everything we have today. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I just want to shout out my man, Jonathan Cox. Jonathan Fox, I said Cox, Jonathan Fox, I'm sorry, brother, uh, sent me some great stuff. First off, as an Atlanta boy, I love me some Coke. However, this is some Coke that I will not be drinking, A, because it's old, and B, look at this. This is a 2009, if you're, if you're listening, sorry you can't see it, but I'll explain what it is. This is one of uh, Coke's commemorative cans from Carolina's 2009 National Championship victory. Here's another one that Jonathan sent me. This is from the 2017 National Championship victory. You can see my TV reflected there. Golden State just beat Denver um, to go up three games to nothing in that series. And then also, this is the other thing Jonathan sent me. This is super rad. This is a replica of the 2017 National Championship ring. And so it just shows all the stuff that was on that ring for the Tar Heels. So, um, man, Jonathan, thank you so much. It's so incredibly kind of you. And uh, just as people send stuff, I'm going to start just keeping on the table over here in the background, just a little, uh, little, uh, you know, representation of the Tar Heels. Most of my Tar Heels memorabilia is in my office, which you see behind me sometimes when I shoot there. Uh, it was on yesterday's show with John Garcia, and so you saw some of that. But uh, we're gonna just start a new compilation here in my home office at Shady Acres. That's what I call my house. And so, man, that's awesome. Jonathan, again, thank you, brother. That's so kind of you. Well, folks, friends, family, that's it for today's episode, this whole entire week of Locked on Tar Heels. Thank you so much for being here. Just, I, I'm so overwhelmed by this community and, and everyone's kind comments about the show. And thank you for keeping coming back. I'd love for you, if you'd be willing to, to go and rate and review the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, leave some comments uh, about why you love it. Seeing all sorts of great comments on YouTube about the show. Even had uh, one of my favorite ones this week is that I need to get rid of the yellow. So you know what? I put the yellow away today. Uh, it's down here for those of you listening. It's a nice little fake yellow plant that we have. It's classy, you know, but nobody wants the yellow. So you know what? I got rid of it today. <laughs> and that's awesome. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. Coming up next week on the show, well, based on what we talked about today, we're going to have some basketball roster news, hopefully some great news on Caleb Love, but we'll have to wait and see. 
and it's going to be NFL Draft Week, so you know we're going to have all sorts of Sam Howe content. We're going to look at the other guys that might get drafted, such as Jeremiah Gemmel, and it's going to be great. And uh, hopefully some great news from the Tar Heels as we get to Thursday and Friday of next week. And then obviously rounds four through seven will be on Saturday, and we'd unpack that the next Monday. Okay? Man, that's great. Thank you so much for diving in, spending some time talking with me today and making it your first listen. Let me encourage you to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on NFL prospects and front offices. It's free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. All right. I hope you have a great weekend. It's been another great week on the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I hope that you remember it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next week. Peace.